On this episode, we hosted Jose Santiago. Jose is special to us. He's part of our construction team. He's out in the field managing projects for us, managing sites. Um, he's been with us just over a year now. Celebrated his one-year anniversary uh, this week or last week. It seems like it's been way longer than that. So glad to have him on the show. We welcome Jose. Right back into it. <laughs> All right. We got a guest. We're wrapping up Guy on a Buffalo. Oh, man. We're going to set up the intro music, and then I'll just edit this part out. Probably not. Just probably just yeah, I'll probably just, that probably won't. He says that at the beginning of every podcast and never does it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one the podcast we recorded for like 10 minutes. I didn't know we were recording. No, yeah, honestly, sometimes I have record, I have chopped it down a little bit, but it's like so much bullshit gets said before the podcast, and I just like always hit record, and then like I'm like ready to go, and then like somebody says something, and the next thing you know, we're into it. But we've got Jose Santiago here with us. Yo, say your name, say your name like authentic, like Jose Santiago. Follow me. That was a good little sound bite, right? That, that was a little fucking that sounded romantic. I got a little hot. That's how I won my wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, my name is Jose. <laughs> Through the little Pepe Le Pew. Even though I think he's French. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, don't fucking bring up the French dude. They made that pedophile movie, Cuties. We just talked about it on Thursday, Thick, whenever that episode came out. Dude. Right before. Jesus. But. Yeah, so Jose works with us nine to five. Um, he helped us a lot getting the podcast set up just because he has a background in uh, sound. Uh, we talked about him coming on, talked about him coming on, and the months went by. But now we have him. Now we have. Now we can learn about Jose. We have him live for episode thirty-four. For epi- <laughs> yo, is this episode thirty-four? I don't know. We're in the thirties, huh? Dude, thirties. Holy shit. Cruising, cruising right along. So, Jose, why why did you why did you want to come work in construction? Like, what did you like? Could you started not in construction, kind of, and then came over? Can we talk about baby Jose and life story of Jose. We're gonna get we're gonna go do that and then work backwards. Oh. Like you want to fucking t- you want to take it? We gotta Let's find out why Jose because like Jose came to us, and then we're gonna lose it like. Learn about the first gump this shit. Yeah. Jose, what um, do you... So, basically started, I was doing audio for the longest time. I went to school in 2004. And right after that, I started working as an intern at um, this place called D-Town Entertainment, which basically did music for every major film that's out there in Hollywood. Our biggest contract was Alvin and Chipmunks. So I started doing audio, was out there for a little bit, and then financial reasons, I had to move back to Philly and move back. You were out, out where? Out? Uh, New York. New York. Yeah, I was out in New York. And when I moved out there, I went to uh, Suffolk County, Long Island. Then I went to the Bronx. And then You're went, like early 20s right now? Yeah. I was 18 when I lived in Long Island. I moved to the Bronx when I was 20. And then when I was 22, I moved to Brooklyn. 
I was all over the place. Yeah, the whole almost yeah. the five boroughs. Almost. Except for Queens. I didn't really like Queens. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so financial reasons I had to move back home and then I was trying to find my niche again, try to work at a different couple of different studios. Wasn't really feeling that vibe. You know, I was used to a more professional setting and down in Philly that was not the case. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> It was it was hard for me, so um, I started doing like different jobs. I worked for SEPTA for like two years, did that for them. Drove. What'd you you would you do for SEPTA? I was a bus driver. How was the like? Did you drive? Did you have really like the trolley one? route? No, I had, like you had to stay on the rails. No, I had uh, the it basically went through the heart of North Philly route because <laughs> awesome. SEPTA, SEPTA puts you where wherever you live at. That's the routes that you that you have. So okay. at the time, I was living in North Philly with my parents. So they put me in Allegheny Depot. And it was like the roughest areas to drive a bus through. I think my <laughs> nicest routes were like the 27 and the 9, which went out to like Plymouth Meeting. <laughs> and I loved those days. It hardly got them because I was like the runt of the litter. So it was basically whoever called out, that was the route I took. So did you do that. Yeah, I guess you got to get pretty tough pretty quick on a fucking bus. North Philly, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that helped me with that was the fact that I grew up there. So yeah, I knew how to deal with those people. Didn't take shit. Yeah. So I did that for a little bit. And then I worked for a place called VIP Wireless and did phone sales for them. Went through different territories from like Connecticut down to Virginia Beach. And just visited different stores, make sure they were buying our cell phones, making sure that they were upholding things that, you know, the company wanted them to uphold. Did that for about two years. And then I got bored with that and decided oh, I'm going to try to do this studio stuff on my own. Mm. And uh, that didn't really work out for me. So then I was like, well, what else can I do? I didn't want to do like a typical like nine to five where I'm in an office because those type of jobs, I tend to get bored and yeah. tend to leave. Yeah. Those jobs um, suck. Yeah. I stick with them because I have to. And then I get to that point where I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of it. So then I started working for uh, California closets and did that for two years. And then I actually enjoyed that cause I was building custom closets. So mm. it wasn't the same all the time. All right. Different houses. Yeah, it was different houses, different places, got to meet different people. Um, but it was more of management, you know. So I was, I left because of management. I wasn't happy. And it was affecting my home life. And I had just gotten married with my wife. And at that time, I was starting to, trying to start my own business. And I was like, well, there's no time to never to try to start my own business. Yeah. So that's what I did because I did fences and decks for a little bit with another contractor and uh it was just too far for me at that time it was in delaware and i was just like i'm wasting more money on gas and it wasn't worth it so yeah. i was like i'm gonna give that a try but in this market doing just fences wasn't enough to like support a family because i had so many like too many competitions you know mm. going up against like uh offense authority and things like that so then, um, yeah, I saw Revival was hiring during my time of branching off on my own. 
because I was following you guys, and I was like, what could it hurt? And I applied and didn't hear anything back at first. So I was like, all right, cool. Just started doing, um, working with this place called Tradesman, just filling in, like, jobs here and there. And then um, that's when you guys called me back a year ago this month. A year ago this month? Yeah. Oh, it feels like been longer than that. It does. Yeah. It's yeah. Been a year ago this month. I started with him. Couldn't even do a miter cut. <laughs> so long. So you've come so far in a year. Holy shit. I have. That's why I was so proud of myself yesterday when I was doing the uh, the post wraps because I was able to do miter cuts and I got them on the first try. Dude, not to get all like emotional and st- stuff, but like the advancement that you made. <laughs> we stuck Jose on a renovation that I would say was going like. Not well. Not well, because it was out of our normal scope of what we did. We were expanding our business. Um, we didn't have anybody there. Um, and when we, Jose, like, kind of, you know, things started started getting rolling with that, um, we put you down in that, in that place. And um, I think the last, like, three, four months, as you, like, close out this house, it's been very good. Um, and you've learned a lot. Like I can see like a huge growth of you personally, no longer like a, a job, but like a passion to get the home done and be proud of it. Like You can tell when you do walk, like I've only done a couple walkthroughs with you like in the last couple of months. Yeah. And what I've noticed is like, you're super passionate about the home. Um, You'll get, you know, like you, you get defense, like you should get, like you defend like your decisions, which I like. I think you made great decisions there. So I just, I don't know. I just have noticed that. And like, <laughs> if that's only been a year since we've like started this whole process, it's like, wow. Yeah. But, I mean, like where can we get to with this whole thing? I, I want to point out something real quick. So you started 18. How old are you now? I am 34. Yeah. Journeys, people. Yeah, yeah I mean, you gotta just be like the reason Jose's always his story's always been cool to me is because like it was he didn't like there's so many people that you just look like and this goes back to like the social fabric discussion. There's so many people that are getting paid not to pursue their dreams, and like that's what your job. You have to look at your job. If like you're not doing your dream, your job is simply paying you not to do it. And, like, Jose always seems to, like, I feel like you're probably pretty close to, like, your dream now. We're all, I feel like we're all getting there pretty soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a lot happier than I was when I was younger. You know, that's why I had so many different jobs. I started off in, like, retail. Then I went to and started working with uh, the federal government, TSA. Then I Wait, you worked for TSA? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like he, he, he when he's unhappy, journeys. he identifies he's unhappy. It's, like, time to move on. Yeah. yeah. And more people need to do that. And I feel like everybody else would everybody be, like, nicer it to each other because they'd be like, oh, I'm just moving on to my next thing. So and people would can, be like, I appreciate that. Maybe you can help because there's there's definitely, I think most people don't move on and switch what they're doing because they're afraid of the unknown. Right. How did you get over that at such a young age? It seems like. I never really had it, to be honest with you. Like, my mom growing up was always the type that if she didn't like a job, she would leave. And she always instilled that in me. She always used to say, if you're not happy somewhere, there's no reason why you need to stay because there's always another job out there, regardless of whether it's, you know, at that time it was big on like nine to five and not entrepreneurship, but it was, you know, you don't like that job, find another job. When you find that other job, you lock it down, you leave that job. 
And that's always been my mindset. My mindset has always been I'm not going to let, for lack of a better term, anybody really fuck with me. And then when it gets to that point, I'm like, I'm out because I don't have to deal with this. Yeah. So that's You're right. You don't been. have to. Like, I think that's huge, especially there's a lot of people that are just unhappy right. with what they do. And you see it and you can look at it and be like, man, you should be enjoying what you do because what you're doing seems pretty cool. Right. Like I, I left but, TSA. I was 21 when I started with them. 21 years old. At that time for me, my parents were paying for my rent in New York. So I was making about $1,000 every two So weeks. you were a TSA in New York, like at an airport? JFK. JFK. One of the biggest. And what were you doing there? LAX. Like, many different things? Like Busting terrorists, dude. Busting so terrorists. I was, I was on the x-ray machine or the metal detector um, and things like that. And I enjoyed that because I enjoyed meeting new people yeah. um, and things like that. That what happened with that was again management supervisor thinking that he can talk to me in which way and me being twenty one years old. <laughs> told Yo, man, him, fuck you. Well, I basically told him to go fuck himself, and he asked me to repeat it. And instead of backing <laughs> down, I repeated it again. <laughs> and they didn't outright fire me. So what they did was every year you have to be certified. So they suspended me, mm. and my certification was coming up. And when they suspended me. I couldn't go and recertify again because I wasn't allowed on the property. That's so, some bureaucratic bullshit to take care of some bad people they don't want to fire. Right. So they basically told me, well, you need to recertify, but your next recertification will be a year from now. You can't wait a year. So you have a choice. We can fire you. You can voluntarily quit. Do you voluntarily quit? So I voluntarily quit. They don't have to pay unemployment. Then You should have been like, you fire my ass. Well, I was 21, so it really didn't really yeah. matter to me. I was still in college, so yeah. I was just like, well, at that That's time, interesting that they do that I as a I practice. Speaking of TSA agents telling their supervisors to go fuck themselves, real quick side note. The guy on September 11th. Sidebar. Sidebar. Sometime around like early August, there was a Customs and Border Patrol agent. I think he was TSA that worked um, in New York, JFK or LaGuardia, whatever it was. And he got, got this guy coming in. The story sounds made up. Uh, the story's 100% real. Guy comes in, he's awfully nervous. They're like, hey, what are you in the country for? And his name is like some, you know, just whatever it was. And the guy was nervous, couldn't really say. He's like, come on, man, like, just let me, like, I'm going to come back. Like, you don't let me in now, I'm going to come back. And, like, he put that guy and he declined him to come into the country. Well, it turns out that guy was the fifth guy that was supposed to be the hijacker on the plane that crashed in PA. And all the other planes on September 11th, on September 11th, all the other planes had five hijackers. That plane had four. They were one man short. That was the man. And they're saying with that one extra person, they probably could have executed instead of letting the passengers crash the plane. So that one, that's amazing. That one guy could have 72 virgins for that guy. Yeah. You could read the situations. You could read that situation and stick to your guns, but he had his supervisors being like, look, man, you got to let that guy through. He's like, dude, I am not letting this guy through. You're going to have to fire me, you know, but I'm not letting this guy through. I'm I'm turning him around to his country, and he did. And it was like, I'm going to send this dude packing. Yeah. I just think, like, one little little transaction that anyone could have with a day, like, maybe you're at Wawa and you just smile to someone leaving the thing. Like, maybe that person was having a terrible day. Oh, yeah. I I, I definitely believe that. You know what I mean? Like, when I interact with I'm, when I was younger, I used to be miserable, but I think that came with a lot of different other decisions that I made. You know what I mean? Either working somewhere where I was unhappy. So me being unhappy led to me 
always being unhappy. Like anybody who knew me knew me as the grumpy guy because I was quick to tell you to go fuck off and then not even care if I hurt your feelings or whatever. As I gotten older, I definitely have lightened up a lot, but that also it comes with me being happier in my life. Like I've made better decisions, better life choices. I've always moved myself in a position where if I'm leaving a job, it may not be, I might take a cutback in pay, but I'm happier in the long run. So, Which affects everything in your atmosphere so much more. Yeah. So like now being 34 and knowing what I know, you know, for the last 34 years that I've been alive is it's not worth it being unhappy. And I worked with a dude that in California closets, everybody always picked on him. Always. They called him the stinky guy to his face. They would tell him that he stinks. Was he stinky? He was. He had bad hygiene. He was always playing like video games. He would stay up late night playing video games. But the kid had ADHD Mm -hmm. on top of, you know, other things probably being wrong with him, being bullied all his life. Nobody really like really kind of fulfilled itself. Befriended him. Right. As I can't say words. You want to get, you want to try it in Spanish? No. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah. So everybody would pick on him, you know, I was always the firm believer of, look, you didn't do anything to me. I would always talk to him, whatever. Yeah, you have bad hygiene. It is what it is. I'm not, you're a grown adult. There's nothing I can really do about that. <laughs> um, Almost done. But I kept in touch with him after I left. And actually, like, I had texted him one day, got no response, which was kind of weird. And then literally the next day I found out that he hung himself. Oh, jeez. Because he went to go work somewhere else and received the same treatment. Mm. So ever since that happened, like, that affected me because I'm like, you, somebody could have changed that guy's life. If all it was was somebody texting him sooner or just being nicer to him. That's tough. And Fuck. once I learned about that, that's when... I my entire outlook changed. And I was just like, look, it's not worth being an asshole to people all the time. Usually people are assholes to people because their own insecurities, right? Right. Like this, this kid didn't obviously, I don't know him, but he had ADHD stunk, played video games, probably like dopey, but like he's just a human and he did nothing. And so like you being a friend to him has no effect on your like people looking at you, like people are probably afraid to be friends with him. Like, look, you're fr- you're you're friends with the dorky guy, right? But like, yeah. what is that to someone? It's like, dude, like everyone should interact with the people, regardless of what other people think. Like, so I just yeah. yeah at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Yeah. So and me. everyone's got their own problems. Some people can hide them better than others, but everyone's got a thing. Oh yeah. And sometimes the people who need the most help are the guys that are reflecting that problem openly but not like knowing that they're doing that yeah Yeah. so i would definitely say like after after i met my wife is when i really started to like my personality started to change to be honest with you my wife is always happy she's the type that she wakes up early in the morning and she's a chatterbox and i'm like it's six o'clock in the morning i need to wake up and she's just like you're up and she's like happy (laughs) and i'm like that's that's not me like i'm still getting used to that but she has definitely made me 
a happier person, just not like meeting her, but also like just her personality is contagious. Oh, you so can it's tell. Just like, you can tell if you ever watch Jose on on social media, which is uh, the revivalist life, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I at, never, I never thought at re- the revivalist life. I never, <laughs> I never thought that Jose Yo, would you, love anything more than okay? his wife and dog, but I think he loves his kid now more. Your dog was cool as shit. We You're haven't still seen your dog. dog. Yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot. Of we haven't dog. seen your dog in a long time. <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah, kind of missed the guy, little, little girl. My yeah, my daughter took her place um, on social media. Uh, my my daughter also as well. Like, she's contagious. She's always happy. She's a happy baby. She you know when she's not fussing because she's hungry, she's smiling and she's laughing. And that just after a long day of being out, no matter like how bad my day was. I come home and she just smiles at me and I'm like, all right, cool. Did your dog, did your dog cuddle and hang out with the baby? Yeah. Yeah. She's always trying to like sneak little licks in here and there. So we have to like curb it because she tries to lick her in the face all the time. We're like, no, you can't lick her in the face. We just let it happen. Good antibodies getting transferred there. It's probably good. Yeah. We've had a few dogs with our kids. Now that our new Great Dane's getting older, she's only 18 months, still like a puppy puppy, but. She cuddles with those kids and lays on top, like lays on them and gives them like true affection. I've never seen anything like like it's it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, like I'm looking forward to those days where my daughter can actually start interacting with the dog. Yeah, because you see those posts all the time on Instagram, and I'm like, I'm waiting for that so I can capture those moments. Dude, my then we can see the dog again. Ryan's Ryan, um, who works with us, his son was on the site the other night, and. Um, one of the guys had like his dog out there and the dog's just like a, it's a herding breed. Yeah. So like he was just like going around just being a little crazy and like jumping up on the kid's face and sh- Ryan's son just like turns to him and he's like, Blue, no, sit. Like each three like I think he's yeah. like three was just like no fear, just running like <laughs> I'm like no other kid would be they'd be like scared or starting to cry or something like this. This kid's like, let's brawl, dog. Like let's yeah. we're gonna fight. I looked at Ryan, I was like you know, he did something right. Allowing kids to grow up with dogs or just having a dog in general or a pet in general teaches you a lot, not only about how to take care of it and all the responsibility, but also, like, about yourself and how you interact with that because, you know, there's, like, a true reflection of you. Like, yeah. I've always been an animal person, even though I didn't have pets growing up, but I definitely have always been an animal person, especially with dogs. I think I didn't have my first dog until I was 26. Mm. What kind of dog did you get first? She was a Pitbull Black Lab mix. I found her in the Bronx in a box at eight weeks old, approximately. Dang. And I raised her until she was eight. Um, so that would put us to the point where I met my wife. And my wife had her Shih Tzu dog that she raised. And he was also eight. And one thing led to another. And I had to put both dogs down one day. Wait, what do you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, and they made our new dog. <laughs> like, yeah, no. They fucked and they, they fucked made it. it. Was no, that's it? how we got our new dog? Um, so my dog was, for whatever reason, ended up at when she reached the age of two, became dog aggressive. Mm. She actually Knox actually reminds me of her. Mm. Not that he's aggressive, but like Knox, <laughs> <the laughs> like the person. Don't touch him! Don't touch Knox. Yeah, you just Knox yeah, that, don't pet him. That you explained to me reminds me of my dog Lucy. Mm. Because no matter what was going down, I knew that she had my back. Yeah. I never had to question that. So, like, nobody can get near me unless it was someone that I okayed, basically. Yeah. Um, So 
I decided to move in with my wife. My dog had been living there before I did for a good three months before I moved in. My dog and her dog got along. We had pictures of them sleeping in bed together. Just They knew their boundaries. They were both grumpy dogs. They knew their boundaries. They would stay away from each other. And that one night, my wife had just brought her dog back from the groomers. And I don't know what happened. My dog just lunged, grabbed him, and punctured his stomach. So we had to, like, rush him to the emergency room. Basically told us if we had 12 grand, we could save him. Maybe. So I'm like, I don't have 12 grand. What's the other option? Can you bill me? And they were like, no, you have to pay it all in one shot right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying that on my salary right now. It's a tough decision. but Right. So my wife had to make the decision putting the dog down. So she couldn't be in the room with him. So I had to be in the room with him while they were putting him down because I'm a firm believer of he's part of the family. He shouldn't have to go out alone. Yeah. You got to so, hold him while they go. Right. So I went in there with him. They put him down. That same night, right after they put him down, I had to go home, get my dog, because it wasn't the first time that she attacked another dog. And put, yeah. And take her to be put down. The entire time, my dog did not interact with me. She hated me. She, her eyes were like bloodshot red. Didn't want anything to do with me. They let me say goodbye to her for like a good hour. Didn't want anything to do with me. The minute the doctor came in with the needle, she snapped out of it. She jumped right on my lap, and they put her down while I was holding her. So I was just like, really? like That's a... Yeah. We could have had a moment. It was crazy. Putting down dogs suck, but you gotta, you have to, you have to get, do it with them and like holding right. them and petting them and like, it's the last like moment they're gonna remember, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was definitely like a learning lesson. It was definitely something that I've never experienced before. And I know I'll have to experience it again because I have another dog, but for different circumstances. One of my other dogs, <coughs> my old dog that we had, to, that has passed, he, uh, he was like six or seven at the time, maybe five or six. And my sister had a dog, and she brought her dog. Like she'd always bring her dogs on vacation to our house. And the dog was a Rhodesian Ridgeback, big fucking dog. Like I had a great Dane, Rhodesian Ridge, two big fucking male dogs. The dog kept like peeing on my dog, like on his leg. Like they go outside and just like pee on him. And at some point, we like the dogs were out in the yard. Maybe he thought your dog was into that. I don't know. <laughs> but we go all of a sudden we hear like this barking, yelping, and then we see my dog standing at the back door, like smiling. And he's got like blood dripping down his face. We're like, holy shit, what the fuck happened? And then we see their dog like in the back, just like cowering in the thing. And dude, he like they got in a fight. My dog had some bite marks, he had some bite marks, but I guess my dog just finally like fucking couldn't take it anymore. And he's it was never dog aggressive except for that one moment. But, like, him being as big as he was, he, like, clawed. Like, we had to take the dog to the emergency room, fix it up. But then ever since then, the fucking dogs got along. Like, the, the order was set in the pack. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes. There's a lot to be said about that in the world. Pack mentality. Pack, you know? Everybody has a human pack mentality. And either, you know, uh, humans have a pack mentality when it comes to I don't know, class, race, whatever. And just sometimes they get challenged. Like right? it usually comes down to money and how much you get paid. Like that's what most people You know what I mean? Like the your manager, California Claus is talking down to you just because you had the fucking position, right? Yeah. I mean he was the like owner's son. Like all those son. guys. Hmm? He was the owner's son. So he was punk ass bitch. Yeah. That's tough business yeah, we, though. We've talked a lot about that in here. 
because John has a son that could very well like inherit something potentially. But you know, the thought is that won't be the case because like you can work with us or whatever and do your thing, but then you have to go do your own thing. Yeah, you have to be in your work for it. Be in your being a part like it's I've witnessed that firsthand being like watching other people's businesses where they're like the son is in some sort of position underneath the father's ownership of a business or management. And it just, it very rarely works in the way that people kind of like think it, you know, it'll be all fine and dandy. Like the very, very few people have a successful relationship like that. Um, And I believe kind of like in separating relationships out. Like if you want to have like, I, I do know successful marriages that are also businesses and stuff. Um, and I don't, I can't say I would never do that, but I also think you need to be in a certain headspace for something like that as well. Like yeah. to deal with that stressors or like um, bringing too much into one relationship. is just a lot to ask. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way. Like I feel like my wife has her own thing. I have my own thing. Don't get me wrong. I love my wife, but like, I need that separation at times. Like, and I tell her this as well. There's there's nothing about, you need alone time. Right. So like my wife, like we, that's who I spend most of my time with. Like if anybody asks me, that's my best friend. That's who I spend most of my time with. But I like being able to go to work and have my own thing. She goes to work, does her own thing. We're in two different industries right now. I'm in the construction world and she's in the medical field. Yeah. I never understood people that like, text back and forth all day long with like their wife or their girlfriend i'm like what the fuck do you talk about when you go home like these like you're literally like every day you're giving them a play-by-play of every challenge you hit you're like oh my god like this just happened oh my god this just happened it's like what are they doing all day that they have the bit like don't you guys want like a like it's like i find it exciting to be like oh look this happened like it's like at the end of the day you get a little debrief or something if you see your like wife like that whole that constant just like flow or interaction there. I mean, yeah. I mean, me and my wife check in with each other like midday. We'll check in, and especially more now because of my daughter. So it's like, have you she, caught Corona yet? No, I haven't caught yet. You're good. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's more like, I mean, how's the baby doing? And then how's your day? Type of thing. You know what I mean? On unless something like big happens that she's really pissed off about, and she'll text me about like her supervisor or whatever. Um, I get a lot of, where's the remote? Can't get the internet to work for the kid's school. <laughs> I get a lot of, like, demands. Yeah. Where's this? Can't find that. But that's, I mean. That's critical. It's that's, critical for her to, like, do what she needs to do at the house. Yeah. Most of what we talk about is, like, the kids and, like, who's picking up this, who's doing that. Like, there's not yeah. a whole lot of chit-chat going on. Yeah, normally when my wife is home, like, she's home on Thursdays with the baby. It's more like, hey, can you do this when you come home? Can you do that? Take out the trash. Bring something in from the car. Can you debadge your truck for me, Jose? I know. I just did that on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing until I met you. I really didn't. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Always. And then Andrew's like, yeah, you didn't know that? You just do. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. Debadge the whip. You got The the biggest modification I've ever done on a vehicle has been the tent I got. That's it. The window tent. The window tent. That's all I've ever done. I've modified every vehicle I've had, whether it's been window tent, like debadging something I've always done because I hate chrome. So I'm like, I'm going to debadge it. Or I'm going to... You're not having those chrome fixtures in your house, plumbing fixtures in your house? No. It's not a bad experience with chrome when you're a kid. 
No, I just don't like it for some reason. I've never did. I was the Fuck kid that, that would like switch out his bike rims for like a colored bike rim so it wasn't chrome. I like that. My parents used to botted everything from fucking bikes to trucks. It's only su- it's only fitting that you end up in the custom home building industry. Yeah. Right. Modify yeah. that fucking custom shit. custom. It custom. would piss my dad off because he would be like, "I spent all that money, and you're out here fucking it up." And I'm like, "No, it's kind of like a, kind of like a a firearm. You can mod a lot of firearms and throw things onto them and cool stuff and yeah, like a grenade launcher, personalized stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can get that grenade launcher. Yeah, I've always been the kid that like you might or the person I should say that always wanted to modify whatever I had. Like, I hate having the same thing everybody else has. So I try to find a way to make it different. Mm. That's what I do with the truck. You know, you know. speaking of different, the reason I ended up interviewing Jose was the unintentional trick question that I put on, like, the information sheet mm. for, like, the application, or I guess the application. Um, we threw together just, like, a, a questionnaire just to, when people would apply, like, we would just send them to that questionnaire and they would fill it out and then we would reach back out to them with like, hey, yes, no, maybe, like, hey, let's chat, like, whatever the context was. And the question was, um, would you would you own a business or have you ever considered owning your own business? Was that the question? Yeah, that was the question. I think It's still up there. Um, and I really truthfully didn't mean that to be a trick question. What I was trying to do was if somebody answered honestly – my goal was to employ people or hire people or bring people onto our team um, that understood the demands or at least respected the demands placed on a small business and the ownership of a small business. Like, I'm willing to work my ass off for this team. Like, I'll work more hours, hard, like whatever is required to make it just like work at the end of the day, I'm going to fucking do it. But I have to know that if you're on the team, like there's some sort of like backwards respect there because I'm taking you on a journey. I got to want to know, like I want to know that you want to be here and take it all seriously. So like my goal was like, hey, if you wanted to own a business, you, you've you at least hopefully thought it through maybe. If you passed, maybe you owned a business and you stopped because of like the challenges you met, you would un- you would, we would be able to connect more. Um, so I put that in there to just like get those types of people and what ended up happening like from several people, I, they're like, well, we didn't know what to answer here because like we didn't like, we would think that you wouldn't want somebody that wanted to own their own business. And I was like, damn, I really didn't think about it that way. But lead the answer to get the right answer. Yeah. Answering truthfully. Yeah. That definitely happened with me. Like when I saw that answer pop up, I'm like, it's just a trick question. Like, <laughs> how do I answer this? And then I like I thought about it for like maybe a good two minutes on how to answer that. And then I was just like, me being who I am, um, would like to think that I'm just straight up. So I'm like, I'm just gonna answer it straight up. Worst case scenario, he doesn't call me back. It is what it is. I was fully prepared to do my own thing anyway, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I answered it, and then I think off the first conversation that me and you had. When I was out in um, Chalfont working on that CVS that's right there, um, I just told you, I was like, hey, I own my own business too. And I was just wanted to see where it would lead. You know what I mean? So that's basically how that came about. And I'm like, it would be something, because I followed you guys for a while. 
I think I found you off of Brendan's uh, Instagram. Shout out to the Keystone Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, so like I was following him just because me and him live near each other. Mm. So he popped up first for me. So I started following him, and then I slowly started like following other people in like the construction industry. And I followed you guys, and some of the stuff you were posting was interesting. But I think I have to go back and say that it was more your personality <laughs> that got me like to fo- actually follow you in your videos because not so many people were doing that. More people were doing like, this is how you do this. If you don't do it this way, it's wrong type of thing. And that's cool and all. Like you learn a lot through that. But sometimes when I go on Instagram, I don't want to be having a school lesson every time. Sometimes I just want to watch videos, you know? Yeah, my my stories have just become kind of like my mini struggle each day. It's just like it's kind of like a video to myself. A lot of a lot of my videos I've like like looked at. I'm like I'm literally just talking to myself, (laughs) and people are watching because I'm just like this is fucked because you're like you jam this up like (laughs) like like I would talk to myself like and just kind of record it and that's kind of when I was it's like talking through therapy. It really like my Instagram stories. I don't really go back and watch them, but usually when I like spit it out, like I do feel better after I'm like honest with it. I normally leave your Instagram stories for like the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Because I remember when I first met you, you were like, I don't know how Brendan makes so many Instagram stories because I used to have to leave his for the end of the day. His are very technical and like thought, like he was, at least back then, I, I don't. Did he as got much like time a stra- what he got like a strap for himself and like wore the strap while he's working or he just I don't know man he really helped a lot Brendan really really I've had so many people say to me how much positive impact Brendan has had on like their lives or business because like otherwise they wouldn't know how to do things or they didn't know that Definitely. it was okay to get perfection or try or strive for it so like it's f- it's fun to make fun of how many videos he would he would make or does make sometimes, and I do too. But like, I definitely it, they still provide watch so much. His videos they though. provide so much value. Yeah, because I learned so much off of them, and even during like our uh, wooden beer, our first one that we had, our mm-hmm. only one that we've had. Yeah, so the far. only the first annual. Um, when I actually got to meet him, you know, I still learned from him. Yeah. The reason why I can do miters now is because Brendan basically simplified it for me. Just dumbed it down for you. Pretty much. I was just overthinking it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So we connected kind of through Instagram then. Mm -hmm. That's when I I found you guys was on Instagram. That's when I saw you were hiring. So I went on the website and I applied and I told my wife, I'm like, well, we'll see where it goes. And then I was on your job site first with them. Um, I forget what we were calling it. I don't know, somewhere we started doing trim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, trim. up there, up there, yeah. Unnamed and, uh, project. The unnamed project. And, um, yeah, I think like two weeks later you called me back. I really thought after that day, I'm like, they're not calling me back. <laughs> 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 I fucked the miter cut up. They're not calling me back. <laughs> I cost Jonathan some money. <laughs> <laughs> no, at that time... I guess we were just trying to figure out what, like, the potential for everything was and who the who the players were. Yeah. And then, you know, we, when you're early, even though, like, we had all been in business for a while, we hadn't really had those brands up and running for that long of time to be pulling the attention that we needed to, like, really not sell jobs. Like, we were doing that just fine. 
But in order to get people, um, like you said, like you, you quit like several jobs because of like bad managers. Well, kind of it, in our business, it's taking like over the years, it's taken a toll in terms of like personnel. There's very few people working in these professions now. So, um, I was like, damn, like, how are we going to hire people that are worth hiring with no, like, recognition? Like, we have no, like, reputation outside. Like, so I kind of looked at the social media as, like, oh, my God, like, a lot of people are looking at this as, a, like, a firsthand sales. But it's really not always firsthand. Like, there's there's secondary wins from Instagram, like, meeting potential employees or meeting potential subcontractors or um, right. other people to help you or just new business things. Um, so when I made the transition to like start being honest on Instagram, like just showcasing that like plight every day, like a lot of weird shit happened. Like I met you, I met a lot of people that just yeah. wanted to be a part of it. And I was always very scared of that. Um, and like when I met you, you were one of the very few people to answer that question, <laughs> like the way I wanted it. Yeah. Um, and I, I talked to a couple of people that answered it the way I wanted it that just, like, weren't in the headspace of owning a business or whatever that I was kind of looking to scout. Because we were small and delicate. Like, the business was really delicate. Like, yeah. Which you could understand because, like, you, you've, like, been a part of small businesses. You started, like, um, I'm wearing an American Elm hat, I think, right now. So, like, I have your business on all the time. Like... When I spoke with you, I understood, like, you were mature, like, you had been through a lot of experiences with bad management in our conversation, like, you, like, although you didn't know how to do miter cuts yet, and we can, like, we can, like, really appreciate how far you've come in that year, you really had all of the things necessary to be successful under, like, what I considered, like, what the vibe we were trying to set. Yeah, I mean, I've always been... I've always understood like branding because I've always been interested in like marketing and branding. And like, even with my background in the audio and doing like the music for all those films, all that was branding for us. So it was like, we were doing commercials, we were doing movies. So I always understood that that always intrigued me. Social media. I hadn't figured out like how to use it. So full, like to its full potential, like I do now. Mm. Um, it would, so that was a learning process for me. So I always understood branding. And I always take it from the standpoint of, if this is my business, how would I want people to act in my business? That's even no matter where I've worked at. You know what I mean? And sometimes I take things a little bit too personally when I work. You know, like I take it on like it's, like it's mine. You know? And I think that was one of the issues at California Closets was because I wouldn't hesitate to basically debate something with someone if I knew that I was right. And if I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. You know what I mean? But if I'm right, I'm going to fight for it because I feel like I'm right. You know what I mean? And sometimes you can be right, but wrong. Right. Right. It's, 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 it's tough. Give and take. You know what I mean? And with management, it was all of that. You know what I mean? Over there. And then it just started to become where, well, I'm the outspoken one. That's a no, no, you know, even though they, it's not like here where like you guys are like, if there's any issues you see, I can come to you guys. And actually know that, like, there's no backlash to that. Over there was, if I went to them and told them what I actually thought or things that I felt, like, hey, you can do this better. Oh, I knew I was getting the shittiest installs that week. Middle mm. of, like, Center City, up a high rise. You know what I mean? And that Yeah, whereas here you just, you, there's only shitty installs, right? 
No. It's, it's, you know, <laughs> no here is just like, you know, joke. I can come. I can speak my mind to you guys and let you guys know, like, hey, I feel like, you know, even though I don't know a lot, if I see something that'll work better, you guys at least listen to me. It's not like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the other day, I want to get back. I want to touch back <coughs> on the point of. Uh, He's going to see we us. No, no. It's going to bring up some beanbag chairs. No, but fucking. <laughs> Jose called me the other day. This is he's like, he's like, dude, I can't get a hold of the appliance installer, the guy Jeff or whatever his name is. He's like, so I just fucking installed all the appliances. I'm like, oh, all right, well, that worked out really well. You know what I mean? So like, he just that ni- incentive and initiative to like get that stuff done. It's kind of what you're talking about. Like, you're just not afraid to fuck up. If you're not afraid to fuck up, chances are you're not going to fuck up as much, and you're actually going to get an advance. But when you're afraid, you get hesitant and when you get hesitant mistakes happen yeah i mean with that being said like there is situations where i'm just like i don't know how to do that i'm not gonna attempt to do that you know what i mean yeah there's there's stuff where it's like okay what's the worst scenario risk reward isn't doesn't work out yeah but like with the appliance guy that's one of the situations where like i take this project seriously like it's my own house so i'm like i've been trying to reach this guy for like a week and a half you know what i mean and i understand he's busy no, he got surgery or something. Like, he had something major happened to him that he's just hiding. He had, like, back surgery or... Yeah, so, knows? like, I understand, you know, <laughs> things happen. But what the flip side is, I made a promise to you guys that I would deliver this place on time. So I'm like, well, it's now or never. You know what I mean? I It was a small detour, but it, to me it was a necessary detour. One, I felt like I needed to install the appliances to get them out the way so that nobody ruined them. Because not everybody respects things in a construction site. It is, a, I've it is the hard way. amazing to me that still, to this day, you can't figure out how to get people to like not be complete assholes and slobs. You would think. And we're building nice, nicer building houses. Nice houses. And it's a clean site. So like, you think you just like set the precedent, people would just pick up on it. They, they don't. Not everybody it's does. It's like they still yeah. don't pay attention where they're like putting things on a counter. They're not paying attention about their swinging tool belt as they're walking down. They're, they're care- I watched the carpet guys yesterday carrying something down the hallway, the, the tax strips. Couple of tax strips are hanging out the back of the box. He like turns, he like smacks and like scrapes the wall. He doesn't even notice. He just keeps going. Yeah, I don't understand how you get. We can get in the mentality of getting people to be like, "This is a finished fucking house." White lo- just walk- megaphone with a siren, like every like, time that just finished. <laughs> like walk finish with house. Yeah, I don't understand, but it's uh, social media is interesting. Or we're coming back now. No, I just, <laughs> we want to talk, like, social media is ever-evolving. It feels like as soon as you, you're doing what you're doing, like, there's a new thing coming on. Like, there's TikTok, there's now Instagram Reels. It's like, the people that keep ahead of that trend are trendy, but it's like, look, I don't know, like, you know, that's tough to do. I can't figure out. Like, I mean, it's, it's too much. It's a full-time job in itself. I think Honestly, so. like trying to keep up, with, especially as a business, trying to keep up with social media. If you're trying to be on every platform, you need to hire somebody to try to be on every platform. Yeah. Or you need to just stick with one. Like I've we chosen have, to just stick with Instagram. We actually had two ladies, two young ladies recently apply for a position as a social media director at our company. That position doesn't exist 
<laughs> and isn't available. <laughs> but it's like, we, but they were we like have, petitioning uh, for it. I, I was mean, like, we oh, do. Right. We have a media company that helps other people with their social media and stuff, and like that's important. But Andrew and I definitely have this conflict. I know we talk about it all the time, but I think as the country gets more and more divided between left, right, politics, bullshit, whatever, the more authentic we are. I've always wondered if there's like a point. It's like, man, maybe too authentic. Like, maybe we're being too authentic. Is it hurting business? I definitely hold back a large amount of what I feel like I need to say. Yeah. But I don't think it's, it's it's not the place and it's not like, I'm not a preacher. I'm not, it's not my place to like, if I have a, I, like if I have an impactful fact, I'll share it. Um, the problem with social media is people take it the wrong way. Even if you're trying to just convey a joke, they'll take it the wrong way. Like. You you never know how that message is going to be co- conveyed, so I definitely agree with like having to watch it a little bit. Yeah, I just <coughs> it's a lot of social media activists out there now. It's a like it's a catch twenty two because the more authentic we are, the more people that do business with us can see like who we are as a person, and then can be like, okay, these guys are are who they are. There's no BS here. To a point where it's like, hmm, I may not agree with those guys. I wonder if clients can differentiate between the two but like look these guys are being authentic to show us who they are to get us you know the the, the comfortable with them yeah or they've been authentic and like we just don't agree with them so we can't do business with them like i wonder if we're at that impasse and i'm okay if we like if we're there but i've always it's always like crossed my mind like because i continue to be completely authentic and honest i think is important because that's the only thing you can stand by well, I think what we're speaking up for, um, at least when I find it, are extreme cases. Like, for instance, like you spoke up on the pedophile thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not like if you have a client in today's age who like disagrees on your stance of like California, they're like, well, that's up for interpretation. It's like, you know what? I don't even fucking want you as a client. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't even connect with you on that. But then there's like the topics of black lives matter police uh blue lives matter um whatever the the tribe of the week is um in protest it, it's it's hard to comment on that stuff because it's it's always a catch-22 because you never have enough information and then you find shit out and you got to people out, like judge you on you commenting on what you think you know but you really don't so when i'm watching other people comment too much on those things and I'm reflecting on that. I'm kind of like, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So, like, I'm like, when I go to put myself out there, I'm kind of like, yeah, do I, I know what I'm talking about right now? Or am I just going to get, am I just being an idiot? And a lot of times, I'm not, I'm not kidding. A lot of times recently, at least within the last, like, two, three, four months, I like, I start making a video and I'm like, this is adding no of this this comment is going to add no value to the universe you have better things to do yeah yeah. probably eight out of ten times i go to make a video where i'm like heated in that sense when i'm in the houses showcasing things like showcasing dogs running around doing plumbing work no that's different i always i try to keep a lot of that political stuff like on my private page so i can at least like tell my friends go fuck themselves when they disagree with me right you know what i mean i try not to do it too much on the on the odd X homes page. Cause that also like most of the people that know me personally know who I am and like can understand my perspective when I come at things. But if I, if I throw it out there to the, 
the 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 universe. What do they call that? The, the Twitterverse or the Instagramverse? Hello, Twitterverse. Hello, Twitterverse. <laughs> um, I just don't think people like understand my take, so I may throw a fact out there every now and then, and then they don't realize I have some perspective behind that because everyone has different perspective on everything. Your upbringing, all of our upbringings are different. But everyone has an opinion, and everyone's opinion is unique in itself, and there's a reason they're saying what they're saying. But unless the person knows the history of that person and their perspective they're coming at, things definitely get taken taken differently than the person anticipated. And I think – I had a situation recently. That's why I want to bring it. It's like Andrew had a situation where Andrew got called like a racist. And it's like, yo, man, like I've known Andrew now for a few years. Like Andrew is far from racist. Should have told him you had a Puerto Rican on the team. Dude, I got a Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be racist. Can't be yeah. racist. But it's like Andrew's far from racist. But it was the reason they called me a racist. It was a problem. It was just so like like the the way the conclusion was drawn, it was just like that was their exit strategy. They were just like, let me say some let me say the most aggressive thing that I could say to him to shut him up. Let me just call him a racist and be done. And I was kind of like that. That it like this isn't the time and place to be calling somebody a racist. So like when you do go to call someone a racist and you're doing the like the premiere more often, you're just calling everybody a fucking racist, even though when they're not, you're just like you're hurting your argument against the actual racists. And there's not that many of them. No. In true yeah, introduced true. it like at least in like our circle, at least like God damn it, we got a Puerto Rican at the table. Like, you know what We're I'm all, saying? Like, yeah. I don't give a shit who you, like, if my, the way I judge people is this. Are you honest or dishonest? Can I trust you? Can I trust you? How hard are you willing to work for what you want? Even if it has nothing to do with me, I get along better with people that want like it. They just want it all. And they just put the work in. They have goals, dreams, objectives. Whatever you're, I don't even give a shit what you're, like, I just want to see you just grind, getting after it. Because, like, I see, when I see people doing that, I know you're, like, the most alive. Like, when you see people that are just, like, pursuing their goals and they're, like, they're in it, in the zone, that's a great, I don't give a shit what your skin color is or where you come from. I want to see hardworking people. It's true. I think, I think again, I, I don't think it's, I think it's a, just like, it's more of, like, a class thing. It's not a racist thing. But I mean, it was it was, it was just, more so something that just, like happened to me that I heard happening to other people. But it because happened, it happened yeah. to me, I was like, you know what? Like, I guess people are really going around just calling people racist without any evidence of such. I was like, at, at first, it just never had, was occurred to me that that actually was happening until I was like, you know what? That's so disappointing. But I've since had positive conversations because of like me putting myself out there in authentic land or whatever i've had people yeah. reach out to me you know shout out crazy d if you actually do listen to this because i had like a, a young lady reach out to me we've had several conversations where it's like hey i saw this maybe you should read it and maybe i'm like hey i don't necessarily agree with this but i will take the time to like read through this article or something this person's known as crazy d we got a we have a groupie yeah we have a groupie crazy uh, d you know what's bullshit though? If she's actually listened to all the podcasts and hasn't called into the hotline yet, so you're yeah. a selfish listener. That's what I'm saying. Call into the <laughs> hotline. fucking selfish. You know what I'm saying? One fucking person calling the hotline yet? 
Dude, I've tried lie. to. I've I've thought about calling into the hotline. And dude, I'm like, calling in, give us some why excitement. Am I call in. Oh my god, you're gonna see me at work. And well, I hope I, I was like, hoping Jose would like just call in and prank us, like just call in and yeah. be like, "If you want, I'm looking for us. the laundry mat." <laughs> be like, "What the fuck? You got the wrong number." <laughs> like, <laughs> call in and prank us for God's sake. Just we somebody something. call something, dude. We played the guy on the Buffalo video in the last episode. Tell us how you felt about it. YouTube guy on a buffalo. It's royal. Can you play the audio? Nah, maybe we shouldn't get political. What? It's been a great episode. No, nah, I'm not doing political. Of Nancy Pelosi twitching out and like forgetting like her brain. Let's do that on Thursday thick. And then restarted. Did you see that? No, I don't, I'm not really like. It's not worth it to see, but she no, basically. it is worth it to see. It is far can, You can it. look it up in your own time and then we'll recap it on Thursday All thick because right, okay, that's okay. thick. That is Basically thick. the sum of, and I didn't. I heard it on like a podcast, not like the actual situation, but I heard somebody recap it and I was like, that doesn't, I don't really understand what you're reporting on. And then by accident, I like just saw what happened. Basically, Nancy Pelosi is in the middle of an interview, I think over like video with audio and mid interview, like they're talking and she just like stops and like. She's like, yeah, it's a good morning here out. And like, and literally starts the interview over mid conversation. Like she's a fucking, like she glitched like a robot, a robot glitch. And, and, like and a I robot was like, glitch, dude. I was like, somebody had to have made this. Sh- Is I, this, I, I, I think that's probably a situation where her audio on her end probably looped itself and she heard the lady again and she's like, oh, we're starting this over again. I don't know. It could have been a setup. It could have been, you know. I'm a, but it was just kind of. I don't. Like, I'm, I'm not really big into politics. Like I don't follow it. So my stance on it is like, if I don't follow it enough, I'm not gonna say a word about it. Are you gonna go vote? I don't vote. I know that sounds bad, but like I said, I don't follow politics, so I'm not gonna go in there and just vote just because. Might be the most responsible thing I've ever heard that you don't follow enough to be able to be informed enough to yeah. vote. However, we should get you informed enough so you can vote. That's on him, dude. He's a citizen. That's yeah, not our it, job. It, it's to on me. Him. Like, I've tried to, but it's just not something that's like the way I view it. It's just like. I kind of agree. I still vote and I still get wrapped up in it. But I, you just kind of just like, it is what it is. It is what it is. You're just going to work hard and do your own thing. Yeah, because at the end of the day, the way I look at it is I still got to wake up the next day and go to work. No you still have to who, go to work unless there's a major asteroid coming or something right no matter who who wins you know what i mean and i'm just like it just hasn't ever been something that's no reason to get to twisted me. i still gotta get up and go to work there you yeah. go you heard it here first folks that's so. actually <laughs> i'm actually might i might start taking that in a little bit yeah so that's why yeah like, it's good to be stressed fuck it like that's why i don't vote i'm like i don't know enough you know what i mean i don't follow enough to and I'm definitely not going to listen to the media. Like, I don't even watch the news. My wife watches the news for the weather, but, like, I don't watch the news at all because all you ever hear on the news is negative stuff. Your wife gets the news, the weather from the news? Sometimes. She has a phone, too. There's an app for that. Yeah, yeah Jose, Jose provided her with a phone because he's a generous man. <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think it's because, like, ever since we had the baby, she's been up at, like, 6 in the morning. That's brutal. So that's the first thing, like, the only thing that's on, really. So she puts it on just and watches it. New mom routine. Yeah, but she doesn't... I don't think she, like, really pays attention to it. You know, that type of stuff. But, like, me, per se, like, I don't watch the news because I'm like... You got time. Yeah. Let's You're go just going to hear about somebody getting shot. And I'm like, I lived that. 
every day growing up. It's not new to me. Mm. Why are you focusing on it? You know what I mean? So it's like, I guess what it is. If you found yourself in a looming zombie apocalypse and you had a primary weapon like a rifle, oh, I a, hand my weapons. a handgun, and a bludgeoned ob- or like a blunt force or like, you know, a backup non mechanical object. A handgun? Probably something like that I could find enough ammo on, like you were saying the last time. Mm, okay. So it depends on like what the ammo situation is, because right now our ammo situation sucks. So that's why a lot of police forces switch from the forty caliber back to the nine millimeter. Yeah, because you could find that. The military is buying up of a forty caliber, and they got precedent usually. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it'll probably be something like that. Um, an animate object. Probably something like an axe, lightweight. Mm. Chop some shit. Versatile. Versatile. Yeah, everybody kill somebody yeah, with it. Axe is hot. Yeah. <laughs> what third option, right? No. No, so you get a rifle. You get like a you get like a what big, kind of big rifle? gun, a sidearm, or like a secondary weapon, like a sawed-off shotgun or something, and then like an axe. Like so, you got the axe. You got your handgun. I would. I would definitely do a twelve gauge. Just like roll around. Yeah. Blasting heads off, <laughs> zombie heads. Yeah, just because you don't have to like in a in a situation where like if you're cornered, you don't have to take the time to focus your sights. You're just pointing in general direction. You're still gonna hit something. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. We <laughs> run. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know, you just point. Boom. Do you yeah, I think it's safe to say Jose Jose will be on our zombie team, our zombie response team? That's all we're really building here. Yeah. The zombie response team. Yeah. Rapid it, our, response team. Our company is a front for a zombie response team. We're going to build an underground bunker. We're going to get the place going. Oh, man. <laughs> we do? Yeah. Don't. We'll we'll be telling we don't people, we tell people about the bunker on <laughs> 313 in <laughs> Swampert. <laughs> 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 Nothing there. In Nothing Buckingham, PA. On the southeast corner. Stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, dude. So what? What's in the future for Jose? Like, what do you what do you got on the horizon? Like, what's your what's your next thing? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, right now my main focus has been trying to learn as much as I can with you guys. Um, The project that you guys put me on definitely was something that taught me a lot, not just on like skills but also like how to manage a project you know i don't know everything but it definitely got my mind working in that aspect i started doing um or i'm going to do i should say i just enrolled uh this website called uh, coursera they have a construction management course it's like five weeks so since i'm off on fridays i'm gonna start doing that on every friday and it basically teaches you like how to do like a schedule for project management um how to look for different things like, in the future that could go wrong. It's a project management course. So I figured it couldn't hurt to take that just to just to see what was going on. That's legit. So that's going to be my Fridays, taking care of my daughter. Um, so, yeah, that's my plans, aside from raising my daughter to be a decent human being in a society that I feel like recently there's less and less of them. Yeah, what do you do? You worry about like sending your daughter to school or like out into the world with other little savages and like 
like any of that like because there's a large difference in like probably the way you're gonna parent and the majority probably i would think yeah like i do worry about that um slowly because like people aren't really raising their kids the way like i was raised you know i was yeah. raised with consequences to my actions you know what i mean and i just feel like nowadays people aren't raised that way and you have so many like of these I guess my mom always tells me I'm a millennial, and I argue with her about it. I'm like, I'm not a millennial. Like, <laughs> I don't fit the mold. Get out of here. Yeah, like, but to me, it's just like I was always raised. You have to think about what you're doing. So if you decide to take this action, this is going to be the consequence. And trust me, as a kid, I was hard-headed. So my consequences was always me grounded. You know, I have stories and pawn stories where my mom would come up with creative punishments for me. You know, and my mom wouldn't ground me for like, two weeks and then forget about it now my mom's groundings were you're gonna do this for a month and it was typically like be in a room and the only thing i can do is read i couldn't take a nap i couldn't listen to the radio i couldn't watch tv which at that time tv wasn't a big factor for me it was like yeah whatever it was more radio because i was always into music and i'm like oh i can't listen to the radio and the only time i can come out would be to go to the bathroom and even that was timed Five minutes. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Jose, that's where fast minutes. shitting came from. So I'm like, okay. What? <laughs> it's a fast shitter, Jose. I don't know if you ever heard. <laughs> no, but Fun like, fact about Jose. <laughs> on the resume, fast You've shitter. You've heard it here yeah, right? live. Don't, don't take many breaks. Fast shitter. <laughs> Pros. Yeah. No, but like, you know, that, that to me, now thinking back on it, being an adult and now having my daughter, I'm like, you know, as a kid, I'm like, man hate this but now having my daughter i'm like that actually taught me a good lesson always think about your actions because there's always going to be a consequence behind it so with me now is trying to figure out how to navigate that when she's going to be going to school and maybe her friends parents aren't teaching them the same thing you know what i mean so it's keeping up with the jones is going to be a thing it's a thing and like it's just trying to figure that out you know what i mean like, thank God my wife agrees with me on most parenting things. It's not something we really have to worry about right now because my kid is only four, four months. No, ago. but if you, have, uh, you had to, have you had to go to the belt yet? <laughs> no. <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's only four months old. She's not doing the, much. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, I don't know. I, don't I know. find <laughs> it amazing how many people, close friends of mine, disagree on how to, like, discipline the kid. When you disagree with your spouse on how to discipline, like I can't imagine that's a good scenario. I mean, it's not because my parents always disagreed on how to discipline us. But like my would they consider it a bad scenario? You turned out great. Well, because my mom's my mom was a disciplinarian. Unless I got way out of control, and then my dad stepped in, and I always knew if my dad stepped in, I fucked up. <laughs> because my mom was the type where she would be like, "All right, I'm gonna ground you. I'm gonna give you these chances. I would take advantage of them." Now, my dad got involved. My dad gave no chances. Right. His solution to every situation was, I'm going to fuck you up. And <laughs> when that happened, I'm like, damn, I really fucked up this time. Man, don't want to <laughs> get know? fucked up too many more times. Yeah, but then as a kid, you don't think about that stuff, and you do it again. So I guess, like, as an adult, that taught me, like, you really have to think about what you're doing because there's going to be a consequence behind it. So that's why I think, like, that now prime adult, age is, like, one year to three years to, like, really teach about consequences of kids. It really is like, even just yeah. like when you take something away and they start crying, you give it back to them, they stop crying, like bad. 
Like, don't do that. Yeah. Right, because then they just learned if they just cry. They'll get it. They'll get the fucking thing back. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Jesus. Jesus. It's stuff that, like, I never thought about before, and now that I have my daughter, I'm like, I have to think about these things because now I have to raise a human being, and I don't want to raise a human being that's not going to be a productive member in society. What I will tell you, little slight advice, is no matter how bad you fuck up, kids are pretty resilient, right? Like, we're all resilient. We all have, like, you know, things go wrong in our childhood, and yeah. we're all resilient. So, I mean. I mean, nobody's childhood is perfect. Yeah. So, just remember, so, like, don't be so, don't be too hard on yourself to be, have to raise, like, a perfect person's society. It's like, you can do your best. And right. I, I understand. The person will be human will take care of that. Don't listen to him. Well, that's, how you, that's, that's how you raise a mess up kid. <laughs> so, she's still going to have to learn on her own. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my main thing is those core principles. That are important. Yeah, how to, to find fresh water. That too. <sighs> yeah. How to fish for bass. No, not a core principle. Self-defense. That's definitely one, especially as being a female. To me, I'm like, yeah, you're going to learn how to fight. And you're going to learn how to take somebody down, regardless of who they are. You know? I try to, like, explain to girls sometimes. I'm like, if you would just learn how to fight, like, a little bit, how much of a upset you would have on most men. Like, most dudes don't know how to fight. So if you, like, if you did two years of some sort of, like, intense training as a female, you could beat the shit out of probably 88% of men. Oh, I've seen, like, growing up where I grew up at, I've seen women beat up men all the time. (laughs) 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 On my grandma's block, there was this one girl every, every summer, never failed. I even catch myself in the summertime now as an adult going down to her block just to see who's going to get into a fight because it, it was always you, this one female would get into a fight with somebody. Do you live near the same place you grew up? I do not. No. no. So when I moved back from New York to here, I only stood in North Philly for like about a year. Mm. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I, was, I wasn't used to it anymore. Like, to me, it was my, my goal was to move further away from the city. And I met my wife. And we live in Lafayette Hill now, which is near like Plymouth Meeting, Kina Prussia area. Almost out of the industrial city complex. Almost. Almost, yeah. Like we're close enough to things. Like my wife grew up in Conshohocken, so yeah, we're still close, close enough yeah. to, to everything. And her family's there, so like we stay close enough. And now that we're planning to start looking for a home, now it's the, we got to find a good school district. Where we live at is an excellent school district, but we just can't afford those homes. You know? The... Uh, I'll be curious to see what happens with school districts moving forward. I don't think they're going to be as important as they were in the 90s and early 2000s because there's a lot of different options now with kids. Yeah, and look how important they yeah. were. They messed up a whole bunch of kids. Yeah, look what they did. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that everyone's teaching from home by choice, I think people are going to learn how to educate their kids differently. And they're going to be like, wait a minute. Like, I kind of want to teach this this way, not that way. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I think I'll, you know. It definitely we got, is. I we mean, have the unknowns ahead of us, but yeah. maybe school district won't be so important. I mean, we moved all the way out where we live just because of the same reason you did. Like, we couldn't, we had to go, like, way north to get what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're looking at, like, probably, like, East Norton area, Collegeville, Phoenixville, you know. Maybe Bucks County. I'm trying to work that in. She's maybe she needs to do a little, little fire pit. Grill and shindig in Old Bucks County. Well, I, I've I've it's been, coming up. It's coming up October third. 
I've been uh, driving her around, and actually, like, I think one Saturday we actually came out and I showed her all the houses that we've been working on. Went to Ferry Road and showed her Ferry and went to a couple of different places and showed her, like, hey, not so bad out here. Be closer to work for me. <laughs> but she works, like, 10 minutes from home now, so that's that's my... Yeah, you gotta. there's a balance there for sure. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, cool. But you know. Things change. Things Things change so quick. I've found that, like, there's a strategy to plan in your life. Like, it's important to have goals and have concrete goals and, like, have that vision together and everything. But you also kind of have to be okay for that stuff to change. Yeah. Like, I've been through several business models. I've, you know, done shop thing. Like, you, you, like, and there's been a lot of disappointment along the way. And that I used to get hung up by that, and now it's just kind of like, yeah, well, let's move here. Ah, uh, it sucks here. Let's move here. Yeah, uh, and it's like there's complications to that, and like you could get hung up on be like, ah, oh, well, then we gotta move. We're gonna do this. Like I don't want to have to move again. But it's like, well, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, beyond, I'm beyond happy. I'm definitely the type of person that I'm just like, I'll just I can change. I can adapt. It's not a problem for me. Like yeah. when I moved back from New York back to here. That was basically, I made that decision in a day. By the end of that day, my car was packed up, and I was back in Philly in, like, two and a half hours. Don't you hate when you make a decision, and, like, one, you took a long time to make it, you thought it out, and then once you make it, you're like, fuck, let's go now, right? Yeah. We, we do, we do that damn to it a fault. It's like we do it so We do it so bad to the point that we have to be like, wait a minute. Are we doing it again? <laughs> Are we doing it again? We do it so well. Yeah, we're so well. Like we'll well. convince ourselves, but we'll get like we'll get a we'll get an excavator, and we need it because then we'll be able to build. We'll dig a hole, and we'll put a we'll build the bunker we've always wanted. <laughs> you know what? Call the realtor, put an offer in on that piece of land up the street, and then it's like bunker. fifteen minutes later. It's like, but the excavator needs new tracks. What? I don't, do we do we still buy it? Like, is the bunker off? Like, are we not building the bunker anymore? Like, what are we talking here? No more excavate? Like, it's kind of like, <laughs> we don't actually do it, but it's like, it's kind of like a comedic version of it, I guess. Yeah. It's good mean. satire. But it's like a good, it's a good, in my, in our case, I think it works a lot because like that like hype that we get up allows us to kind of like, you're a part of it. Like we all get excited and then we move a mountain. And then we're like, yeah, let's fucking do it again. This is going to suck, but, like, let's do it again. And sometimes we choose, we, like, are like, oh, maybe we don't do this. But, like, a lot of the times these, like, hyped up ideas turn into great things. So yeah. it's like, it's like, it is a, it is a, it is a faulty characteristic in, like, well, with you. But it's, it's like, it, it, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's created so much, so much positivity. Yeah, I don't look at it as, like, a faulty no. characteristic. I, I think it's because we follow like, through, maybe. It's, it's positive. Like, you want to rearrange your room? Boom. Rearrange your fucking room. Don't wait. Oh, dude, go. Don't tempt me. I see everything in here right now. I just want to shift it around. See, <laughs> do we have, can we get a better layout? Do we have enough room for step aerobics? Dude, I used to do that all the time when I lived by myself. I would rearrange. I would take like Feels good. a whole day and just rearrange my entire apartment. Get the vacuum places you and then have people vacuum would come over. Yeah, and people would come over and be like, why did you rearrange everything? I yeah, fucking felt it. It's like a new, refreshing change. Because it feels like you're moving, like when you walk into your place, it feels like a new place. Maybe there's a th- maybe there's layers there. Break it down. Like we're all excited room rearrangers. 
And we all seemingly adapt to change very quickly. Maybe we need to start training people at a younger age to be excited about rearranging the room. No, I th- I'm pretty sure kids love. <laughs> kids, <laughs> kids love to do it. Kids anyway. love to rearrange. Do no, we, your kids love to rearrange I the room. Most kids, I don't. But think I there's think kids there's there's probably like, can, mommy don't move my bed. It's been like that for like five years. How I many kids do you know? How many kids are you friends with? Not actually, not that many to be honest. I don't like kids that much. Sample size: you have three kids. <laughs> I like my kids. I like f- most of my neighbors. Like I like the neighbors' kids. Um, <laughs> I actually hate them all, but no, there's, okay. a, there's a couple kids not like on our immediate street, but there's kids that you definitely gotta be like, hmm, gotta watch out for that kid. Yeah. Like now, last time you were sharing a, sharing a yoo-hoo with one of these kids, one of your buddies, did room re- like when you did you bring up room rearranging? No, but when my kids talk about rearranging their room, they're like, oh yeah, we did it too, and like they all got excited and shit. Are I think their parents I, successful and like go getter type people? I I do you think that's a uh, I think there's a, a thing symptom. Here. Well, like if you look at a deadbeat, a hoarder, the, like the ultimate deadbeats, like a hoarder, and their kids, mm, or no, like you look at a deadbeat when, as an individual, never, and rearrange. you ask them, did you ever rearrange your room, dude? They might have a, ugh, dude. Fuck you. Get you want to talk <laughs> to room rearranging with me? I'll choke you out. Don't bring that up to me. You know, some people might not be excited about that. So it's really a change. The ultimate deadbeats are hoarders, dude. They don't rearrange shit. They just keep piling on top of the same stuff, dude. Fucking deadbeats. I can't watch those fucking Hoarding. Shows. Do you hoard no shit? No. What do you hoard? I don't hoard. We hoard I'm the opposite, actually. I bet, you, I bet you got a stash of HDMI cords somewhere in your condo. Actually, I probably do. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you fucking nailed dude, it. Dude, if I call your wife right now, you've got a whole fucking container She's probably like, this fucking guy keeps keeping these fucking cables... We don't, even, we don't what even do we need them for? No, 20 cables. We only have two TVs, Jose. It, oddly enough, we actually we have a one-bedroom apartment. We have four TVs. No, three. Sorry, three TVs. Each was with its own function. Let me get the three. You get the baby. No, I have, we, we have the main TV mm. that we watch TV at, and then um, we have the bedroom TV that we don't use anymore. And then I have a little corner in the apartment where I do my audio stuff, and I have a TV above that. So when I'm like doing film edits, I do that. I can see it. Mm, that's time. more of a monitor. That's not a TV. You're gonna be an audio room kind of guy when you grow up. Yeah, you'll be I, a Tom. Uh, I I've always been an audio guy. Like I've always this audio room we built. Now that the carpet's in, you can go in there and fucking yell like you ain't hearing shit. Yeah, audio file. That's what Ryan Lynn used. Yeah, it's that's a, it's like a pedophile, but somebody that's into audio. You're an audiophile. Yeah, you're an audiophile. Uh, Ryan came outside with with the one our one client Tom. We built like a acoustical like audio listening room in his house for him to set up these dope speakers. And um, for those of us watching or listening, um, Ryan Lynn, who's into like guitar and shit, comes in. He's like, "Yo, I was just talking to the guy outside, dude. He's a, he's such an audiophile." <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, what did you just say?" He's like, yo, audio He file. did, oh he did say he's going to make us cry by playing music. So he I did promise to make me cry with these speakers he built. Can't I wait. I don't know. I'm up for that challenge. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I feel like I just want to cry at that moment? Like, what so if I choose to out. cry? You'd let it out. Maybe it's not the speakers. Maybe I just feel like crying. <laughs> Brings that emotion out. Just let it go. Just let it go. Yeah, but I definitely, like, when I have my own house, I definitely want to build, like, a home studio. Like, a legit, that's always been a goal of mine. 
build a home studio. I just love the studio environment and soundproofing and just go in there and just <laughs> drop beats. Yeah. Yeah. Little beatbox. We'll have John come in and drop some bars, dude. John's freestyles are epic. I mean, we won't have him do anything right now. That's paid for content. You gotta pay for that. It's Honestly, two ninety nine a month on the After Five Life website. Yeah, on our um, only fa- OnlyFans account, OnlyFans dot com slash After Five Life. We'd be the worst Life. OnlyFans account there is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're not into feet or uh, what were we just selling? I think foot fungus is a high. Why, dude? So so far on this fucking podcast, we've talked about putting dogs down. Now foot fungus. It's a fucking gloomy podcast, man. Dude, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here, Jose. <laughs> I think it's been a little bit upbeat. <laughs> no, no, no. I think so too, man. We we should have had you on here sooner, but life fucking happens fast. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you have coronavirus happened. Dude, corona. We like started it, then like. Corona. You had you had your baby like right in the beginning of Corona. Yeah, I had my baby. She was born May twenty seventh, so that was like Corona height. Corona height. You know, we we weren't even sure if I was going to be allowed in the delivery room. Oh, dude, I would have bust some shit down. Yeah, and it ended up being where the hospital was like, "Well, you can come in. Only one person could be with you." It's better uh, that way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Can't have anybody else in there. Yeah, less shit goes down in there. And once I was in there, I couldn't. I couldn't leave. Nope. Like I had to be in the room the entire time, which is good because then I was able to be in there with my wife and experience everything. And you, know. you couldn't even go to the cafeteria to get yourself some snacks. I could. Yeah, I just couldn't leave. Hospital the sandwiches bu- or the building. Yeah. What the fuck are you? What do you mean, hospital, dude, hospital, hospital sand- sandwiches? You know, dude, all hospital sandwiches. I think. Are you saying all hospitals? I think the, one of the few things a hospital does well is fucking sandwiches. How many hospitals have you visited and sampled the sandwiches? At least five. <laughs> five <laughs> hospitals. Get me out of here, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hospital sandwiches. Oh my god! After watching ten hours of labor or something, you just want to get that. Roast beef sandwich. See when you <laughs> say, what the fuck when no, you that said that, that was, when you that said first joke, first off maybe I, turkey I, first turkey, off let's go with the turkey when yeah. you said when you said all of it right I'll take that medium rare roast beef and say labor I wasn't actually imagining like a childbirth because I'm so close minded I was actually imagining you watching dudes work <laughs> <laughs> so it was like yo after. Uh, watching 10 hours of labor, I got to come in here and get a fucking sandwich. It's like turkey sandwich. What? John just walks off the street into a hospital cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are you in here for? I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm, by. I'm just exhausted. You see those men working out across the street? They're building that building. To go? I'm just here for the sandwich. I'm here for the sandwich. Dude, the bread's always soft and fresh because they go through it fast. They got the lettuce, the tomato. I'm a dude. You got it down to the science. I got it. And the mayo it's alarming use. me how into hospital sandwiches you are right now. What else in a hospital gets you off, John? The sandwich. I Jello? could make. No, I could make a fucking hospital. The hospital sandwich also has big, big bread. No small breads. You know what I mean? I don't know. All right, so here's what I'm saying. If we ever own like a sandwich shop or something, well, well, yeah, I don't know. See, lettuce, you know what? You're making the sandwiches. Tomatoes. Drug dealers, 
number one rule. You don't get high on urine supply. You have way too much passion for sandwich for us to leave oh, you no. alone with the sandwiches. I'm a sampler. I'm a Second, sandwich secondly, sampler. we're definitely going to have a sandwich on the menu called John's Hospital Sammy. That's it. Uh, John's Hospital Sandwich. Hospital Sammy. Roast beef after hard labor. Provolone cheese. I'm like, I'm following the mic down. I'm like, I'll see you guys later. What a mess. What a, what mess. a mess. Jose, get me out of here. All right. Where where do you where can they find Jose right now? You've got a you've got a few Instagrams. Two Instagrams. I have two Instagrams at American Elm Designs is my business one that I haven't been keeping up with. Really? Um and then the Revivalist Life. Yeah, so I guess people find you at The Revivalist Life then? Yeah, that's the one that you can check I'm out. most active on. You won't see pictures of Jose's dog anymore, but he's got a really cute baby, so. Yeah, you'll see pictures of my daughter and whatever project we're working on at that time. So Yeah, he gives thoughtful insight to his daily plight, kind of like mine. I'm going to make a sandwich on my Instagram next. You can find John... <laughs> At J Thomas zero three one eight or Odd X Homes, overthrown, oh, overthrown in the ring. Yeah, find Andrew, a revival built, or the Mandrew with an underscore somewhere. <laughs> or you can just find us. That head. sounded so natural. We just like rolled into you introducing me. <laughs> and what about the most important one? The after five life. Oh, dude, at after five life. Yeah, at the after five life. Should we do it again? We close it out hard. Oh, dude, definitely. We're going in. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching with your ears. Thanks for having me. This is episode thanks 30, I don't know. Jose Santiago, thanks for coming on, brother. One day, the on the episode two. Hey, what's this in the weeds? It's a baby. Awesome. Put it in a saddle, hopped on, hopped it up a hill and across the plain. Tried to cross a river, <laughs> not gonna happen, man. You're riding on a buffalo, member, but keep the baby afloat. Get your guy on the buffalo. This buffalo is drowning in the river. Hey, you want this baby? It's cheaper than adoption. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening.